0: Of the living
1: Moshi Moshi, welcome to episode number 27 of Super Segoy cast. I'm Alex.
0: And I'm Justin.
1: We're back from Star Wars Celebration Europe. Woo!
0: That was uh, quite the trip.
1: It was, it was a lot of fun. We did a lot of things.
0: We did. More, so than just uh, going to Star Wars Celebration, but uh, we'll start with that, and then we'll kind of break down some of the details of our trip.
1: This isn't the first time that we've gone to Star Wars Celebration. We went last year when it was held in Anaheim, California.
0: Yeah, I believe it's our third episode we talk about it.
1: Yeah, I think so, yeah. So if you want, you can check that out and see what the differences were between the two or see what it was like last year.
0: My first impressions of this one versus last year was that it was... A Little bit more organized a little bit easier to find the booths. We were actually looking for. Yeah,
1: I agree It wasn't so smashed together, Mm -hmm. you know, like in the other in Anaheim It felt like everything was so squished that it was hard to maneuver around and find everything
0: Yeah, like I don't know if the one in Anaheim was just had more attendance, like there was more people there, or if the one here in London was just bigger of a venue?
1: I'm thinking maybe it was bigger. Well, because this one, it was held in just two halls, one on the left and one on the right. Mm. So I think there was more space for the booths to be separated, whereas in Anaheim, it was on, like, three or four different floors in a bunch of different rooms. Yeah, you know, I
0: definitely don't think the venue was as big either because, like, the upper floors in Anaheim were just meant for panels. So they were, like, separate rooms. And then, like, the warehouse floor was the whole bottom level.
1: Yeah, so you felt like you never really got through everything.
0: Yeah, but this one... Like she said, we're, we had two sides of pretty big, like, warehouse-esque floors, but the whole middle aisle was way open for everybody to walk in and out of. And yeah, and it was full of food. food. Yeah, yeah, way more food, way more bathrooms, and, like, overall, this experience was a lot better.
1: Yeah, I felt like it, it Like it was, too. I liked it a lot more than yeah. last year. I don't know if it's just because we were more used to it. Mm-hmm.
0: Kind of knew what we were looking for this time. We had a little bit yeah. of a game plan on what we wanted to see personally, plus also for the show. Right. We had a game plan this time. We were able to work out where we wanted to go and go find all these booths. You know, the only thing that I was a little disappointed about was that we couldn't go see the Star Wars themed vegetables.
1: Oh, from Okitsugukado? Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't there this year, but he will be next year when it's uh, in Orlando, Florida.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to think that he came to Anaheim. He's going to go to Florida. Like, he comes to the States, but he didn't go to London. I would have thought London would have been closer of a flight. I don't know. I, don't I have know. to, like, actually. Plan it out, I guess, but yeah. like maybe it's in the middle and it works out distance wise, like almost equally. Because he has a figure he goes all the way across Europe That's and Russia is huge, yeah. So that would probably be a pretty big flight. So, anyway, so we found the Kotobukiya booth like almost instantly. There was so much more room to be able to see all the booths and get there that. It was not hard to find it.
1: No, but even though there was more space, this booth itself, the Kotobukiya one was actually a lot smaller than last yeah, year. Yeah, it was. It wasn't there wasn't really a whole lot on there. They still tried to have like their army of stormtroopers, mm-hmm. but there was like no space for them. So there they wasn't. just kind of took up like the entire table and that was that was about it like
0: they really didn't seem organized this year. There was just no. boxes everywhere, and it looked really, like, disheveled, and, I don't know, it was pretty bad.
1: Yeah, because the booth was so small, it mm-hmm. was literally just, like, um, a U-shaped desk it, with yeah. some stuff in it. They still had their um, ice cube trays mm-hmm. and the lightsaber chopsticks. And all the molds. Right. Those are the ice cube trays.
0: Oh, well, I, my bad. I thought they were, like, <laughs> sugar molds or something like no. that. But, yeah, they, they had some newer ones this year, too, though, didn't they?
1: They did. They had a BB-8. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Hellerin? No, they didn't have molds. I think they had his lightsabers, though, for the chopsticks.
0: That, that'd probably be easier to use. Or it probably be more complicated because it sticks out to the sides. They'd pretty... probably
1: get stuck on each other. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I can see that being of an issue. It was kind of a surprise to me since Kotobukiya's booth ended up being so small, they didn't have as many figures as I would have liked to like look
1: for. Yeah, I was a little disappointed.
0: But this year the Tamashi Nations booth was a lot bigger than it was in Anaheim and they had a lot more feudal samurai like stormtroopers and whatnot there.
1: I don't even remember them having a booth last year. I remember seeing the figures but I didn't, I don't remember associating them with a booth. Yeah,
0: see I don't necessarily remember if they were there or if it was just another random booth that happened to have their figures too or not, but I'm assuming it was them because it's their project, right? Right. So I imagine it was just, again, it was a really small booth in Anaheim, but this time in London, they were a lot bigger.
1: You know what? Actually, I don't think they were there last year at all because I remember being disappointed that we didn't see them because I had wanted to buy one, I thought.
0: Oh, well then where did we see the samurai figures?
1: I don't know. Oh, you
0: know where we saw them? We saw them at Fanime.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: They, did they have a booth at Fanime, or was that just someone else displaying no, their stuff? No, it was
1: just somebody selling their stuff, yeah. Oh,
0: okay, yeah. Okay. I remember seeing them before. I thought right. that was at the Star Wars Anaheim, but it was at Fanime in San Jose. Yeah, because the right. stuff
1: wasn't out for a, start, for a last celebration yet. Yeah, that's right. But, no, yeah, this time there was a ton of different ones, and they even had a bunch of, like, the concept art and stuff on the walls. Yeah, that was
0: really cool. It's like they had like, these the pillars kind of holding up the booth. Had different designs on the upper level and like mid-level of the booth. Like kind of showing you what they're working on. What is out and what's coming out. It was really
1: cool. Yeah, it really was. And one of my favorite ones that I saw was the Stormtrooper. But he's got this big drum on him, mm-hmm. and he's got like the big banner sticking out on his back and everything. Yeah. So I really, really liked that one. And then there was also an archer stormtrooper that I thought was really yeah, cool. Yeah, that
0: bow was awesome. I yeah. Believe we got a picture of it. We can load up on uh, our Instagram page if you guys want to check it out. Yep. And um, it'll
1: be on our Facebook page pretty soon too.
0: Yeah, it was way cool. Like the bow was all ridged and cut out, like super battly. I don't know.
1: Battly. Yeah,
0: battly. <laughs> I don't know. It was it was pretty badass. I'm not gonna lie. I really enjoyed the. Um, the red guards of Palpatine, like mm-hmm. the Samurai version of them, was really cool too. Yeah,
1: they were really neat. I thought they were a little plain, but they were still really cool. Yeah, I would. To- I would still get one. because they're, they're also
0: really plain in the movies too. Well, so yeah. I, I maybe they're just being nostalgic and just kind of like keeping it on the simpler side.
1: Yeah, I mean they can't really do a whole lot with them. Yeah, so, exactly. You know,
0: but with the concepts, it was kind of neat seeing what they're also planning on working out. But you also got to take a survey. They they, they chose you to kind of ask you some questions.
1: Yeah, and it was about upcoming possible figures that were going to come out.
0: That would interest you. Yeah,
1: one of them I believe was going to be a figure of Bosk, and then they were going to do a droid, and then an Amidala and I don't remember what the other one was.
0: I don't either, but I thought it was really cool that you got selected for it. Darth Maul. Darth Maul. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And his concept looked really awesome. It
1: did, yeah. I thought it was really cool. Amidala's could be really neat too because she had a lot of Japanese influence in her character design in the first place. She really did. But I don't know. I thought the figure could use some work, Mm -hmm. but I think once I actually see the actual item, it'll still be really neat.
0: Maybe it wasn't out So much last time I had like we had said so it maybe not have been you chosen for cosplay But this year we actually saw someone cosplay as a samurai stormtrooper. Yeah, it
1: was really cool Yeah, I was really excited to see them and you know, speaking of cosplay, just just real quick They didn't seem to have a whole lot of like really interesting cosplays yeah, at this convention no, a lot of mashups. No, yeah, it was mostly just really traditional Star Wars costumes and it, was, it wasn't disappointing, but it was disappointing at the same time because in Anaheim, one of the really cool things was seeing all of the different versions. You know, they had Disney princess Jedis. They had mm-hmm. stormtroopers that were dressed up as, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, here it was just, like, stormtroopers. Yeah. Stormtroopers. I think,
0: like, the biggest variance was there's the samurai stormtrooper for the cosplay. Mm-hmm. There was a Batman version. Oh, I didn't see him. Yeah. Um, and then there was also... The Ninja Turtle.
1: Yeah, there was the Ninja Ninja Trooper is ninja what he trooper, called himself. Yeah, yeah. But, but he, he looked like a Ninja Turtle. He's that was green. really about it. Yeah, and even then it was like, well, okay, there's a couple.
0: Even then, not a whole lot of people cosplayed in general.
1: Yeah, I felt like there wasn't nearly as many. I mean, Mm -hmm. then again, on the first day, that's when they had the cosplay competition. That's true, it was on day one. So, I bet everybody dressed up for the competition, Mm -hmm. and then that was about it, because that's all they needed to do.
0: Yeah, the only person that seemed to be consistent was there's always this one giant Chewie walking around.
1: Yeah, he was really cool.
0: It was really good, though. Sound effects were there. It looks really good. Yeah. It was awesome to see him there, but I could have used some more Stormtroopers in my life.
1: No, me too. I think we should create one for the podcast... And like cosplay around with it and stuff. I could do that. Yeah, awesome. It would be. I think that would be really cool, and then people could take pictures with it and stuff.
0: So like one of the main things we wanted to focus on was cosplay for this, because we covered cosplay, and I was actually really disappointed that this didn't seem to promote it as much.
1: Yeah, it really didn't. Like I said, it was just costuming clubs like the like the Mandalorian Mercs. Yeah, you know, you know, and like the five hundred and first, and the occasional
0: stormtrooper, but like just wasn't a whole lot. I don't know if this was just really inaccessible for people who were coming over here to be able to take their cosplay with them
1: maybe it if, was for us that's why we didn't do it yeah because it would have cost us a whole extra suitcase you yeah, know at what the least
0: mean? if we didn't like ship it here ahead of time i'm hoping when we go again that they'll have a lot more cosplay that we can talk about
1: yeah i'm hoping star wars goes back to japan because mm-hmm. it's only been there once and that was a good almost 10 years ago yeah i think it was 2008 when it was in japan actually speaking of that this star wars was not the first one in London, or the first one in Europe. Yeah. Technically, it's Celebration Eleven because there's been that many that have gone on so far. But it's also Europe 3, and it's London 2. So the whole numbering system is very strange, because it's just Star Wars Celebration Europe, Mm -hmm. but...
0: Technically, it's the third one in Europe. Yeah. And technically, and it's, it's the second one in London.
1: Yeah, and it's technically number 11, but mm-hmm. they don't even follow that system. They only follow the numerical system for the ones that are in the US. So it's, it's it just all, all over the Florida, place. When it comes back to Florida,
0: it'll be Star Wars Celebration 12?
1: No, it'll be Star Wars Celebration 7, I think, or something like that. Because uh, the, the ones out of yeah. country don't have numbers.
0: It's so weird.
1: It is. It's very strange. And you
0: think they'd be able to do math and just add it in there?
1: Well yeah Yeah. Uh, well that's what i did that's why it's celebration 11 even though it's not (laughs) um
0: i hope they do bring it to japan because i'd love to go there maybe not next year because we know it's in florida but hopefully the following year fingers crossed that it will be in japan yeah
1: especially with the olympics coming up and everything and the whole nintendo land being opening soon Mm -hmm. you know Seems like there's a lot of good stuff happening in Japan. So
0: why not send this that way as well? Right. And maybe we could take the new A plane over there.
1: Yes. Last year, we had reported that there was going to be a new plane. And it was R2-D2. Yeah, it was the R2-D2. And it was really cool. Yeah. Well, this year, they unveiled the BB-8.
0: Well, the thing is, the BB-8 was showing already. Like They had already announced that I'm swimming earlier. Yeah. And I think the BB-8, to my knowledge, when they were talking about it, it's only local flights within Japan. Like, it doesn't go international. They had the two, had the BB-8 and the R2D2 on the outsides, and this one plane was in the middle, all covered. So you kind of had like some mystery to it. You yeah. There's a set time in, uh, of the day on I think Friday they were gonna unveil it, and you're like, ooh, okay. So I made sure to be there and saw it come on down. And it was like, oh man, it's a C3PO plane. Like it looked awesome, and it was a lot bigger than the other two as yeah. well. Yeah. So I believe it's going to be used for international flights.
1: It Yeah, I've, it should be. That would be really cool. I would love to take any of these planes because right. they're really neat looking.
0: So maybe they'll put a couple more of those out and force for when Celebration shows up and they can try to get it to Japan.
1: Yeah, that would be awesome.
0: And then we're definitely going to get onto like an R2-D2 or C-3PO to get there. Yeah, I'll pay well, the little extra I'll get on cash whatever. for just to get there.
1: <laughs> While we're on the topic of flights, uh, I thought it was really interesting because on the way to Celebration... When we were taking our planes, some of the in flight entertainment actually had Japanese cultured stuff on it. There so. was quite a few shows. Yeah, so I made sure to watch the, the two that were available. They were just, you know, like travel shows or whatever, but I thought it was really cool that it was still promoting Japan.
0: It seems like the Japanese culture in the UK is very prominent.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of it. Way more than in Ohio. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Way more than in Ohio,
0: maybe like the Midwest. Even then, it's not that big in San Jose or San Francisco and Cali. Yeah. It's there, but it seems like it's a lot more so in London. But we'll get back to that here in a minute. Try to finish up a little bit more of the Star Wars stuff. So we also found the Japan Star Wars Modeling Alliance.
1: Right. We didn't know what they were when we were seeing them Mm -hmm. in the pamphlets and stuff like that. But we went and checked out their booth, and they're actually a group of guys that make bottles. And the, their booth was amazing, though. There, it was just so many different models and figures and yeah. little things to look at. It there's was like amazing. replica
0: r R2, two, not R2s, <laughs> replica AT-ATs, yeah. replica of like Millennium Falcons. And they had the one from inside the, it was like one of the movie shots where they're inside like the Death Star hallway and there's Vader and like a bunch of the stormtroopers like. They built all the models and then staged everybody to look like it was from the movie.
1: Yeah. If you take a photo of it, which I did, it looks like it's from the set. It's yeah, really cool looking. It's really good. Like, and these a were great all handmade, job. you yeah, know? like
0: it's amazing.
1: Yeah, a lot of the details were custom created mm-hmm. by different methods. Like on that one you were talking about, mm-hmm. the Darth Vader, his whole cloak was created with epoxy putty. So it wasn't even, you know, given as part of the figure.
0: Wow, they didn't just make a model and stand it there Like they made sure to have like some form of artistic inspiration behind it. Like the AT-AT had um what, like an airspeeder flying at it and then it was also crushing one of the other airspeeders underneath its foot. Right. So it's like it's in motion. Yeah. It's not just stagnant.
1: And the ATAT was full of battle damage yeah. and it had like rust and different stuff on it. It was really cool looking and it, it was, was huge. It wasn't just like, you know, a little ATAT. This thing was like maybe two and a half feet tall or something like right. that. Exactly.
0: And like they were more than kind enough to talk to us for a little bit and kind of show us a little bit of their modeling. We even talked to a different person who was there. Uh hiroyuki Takayama, he was specific- specifically like a photographer mm-hmm. for the group and he used the those models in like a bunch of different shots that he took. Like one specifically that I really liked was that you see the Millennium Falcon flying over like Tokyo and it has like the shadow of Tokyo Tower
1: yeah. behind it. And when we were asking him about them, he's like, "Oh, I just shot them with my iPhone." Yeah, he's like, "Oh, and oh photoshopped them iPhone, iPhone.
0: yeah It is hilarious, but it's like they're so good and He did all of this on his iPhone,
1: right? They're actually really amazing and we'll put links to his stuff That way everybody can check it out because it's really cool and it's very creative
0: really good work
1: Their booth also had work by this guy named Moya who created eraser stamps, Mm -hmm. and that's what he does He creates eraser stamps. He had a bunch of different ones. He himself was not actually there but his work was there, and I got a stamp from Han, uh, of Han Solo, and Justin got the imperial cog on him as well. They were so detailed.
0: It was actually really good.
1: Yeah, and they're just custom carved out of erasers. And, like,
0: it was kind of neat, though, because, like, the way it, the layout was when she had the tattoo on her neck, after a little while, it slightly faded enough that it made it look like it was a real tattoo. <laughs> 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 like just because of how well designed the stamp was
1: right so we'll put links to that stuff too or i'm sure if you've checked out our instagram you'll have seen the photo on there as mm-hmm. well but it's just it's amazing that you can create works of art that easily
0: yeah it takes a lot of i mean well i mean yeah my not new easily, details like chop out the rubber or something like that but like it's yeah. really good
1: and one of the guys at the booth he was wearing a yukata that was it had a bunch of star wars designs on it mm-hmm. the if you're not familiar with it, yukatas are summer kimonos, Yeah. so they're like really thin cotton, but it had a bunch of Star Wars designs all over it and it was really cool looking and it It was was like, where'd you find that?
0: Also, right next to that booth, it was the Make-A-Wish Bike Scout Trooper Helmets.
1: They were all custom created.
0: Yeah. They were auctioning them off on eBay to Make-A-Wish Foundation. But some of the unique helmets that were there was there was like a Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah, that was helmet.
1: really cool. Yeah,
0: at first I looked at it and I was like, what is that? And I'm like, right? once you kind of get to the sides, you go, oh, wow, it's really, really cool. Yeah. I all the design and like, I oh, don't design, but details and the housing and whatnot.
1: The thing that kind of hinted to me that it was Howl's Moving Castle was the scarecrow on the front. So I I saw that, Mm. I was wondering what it was from like, you know, back further in the hallway and I was like, what is that thing? It looks like a little robot, you know? And then I got closer and I saw the scarecrow and I was like, oh, that one was actually created by the Northbrook College Props and Special Effects. So they, they know what they're doing, you know what I mean? They, (laughs) they spent their time and put all the little details in the bricks and that kind of thing in it. It was really cool.
0: And then there's also just like, it was simple, but it was a, a scout trooper turned into like a samurai mask. It was like really clean black with like gold pattering on it and oh, it was amazing.
1: It was called Shogun Scout and it was created by Mark Johnson. And I wish that we could have shown it to you guys like in person, you know, because yeah, the I, pictures don't really do enough.
0: They really don't. And honestly, myself, like, I wanted to be able to try to like buy a couple of these because they're just so good. But you know, bids for the Make Wish Foundation were really high up there. A lot of people were doing their best to support their cause along with being able to own one of these awesome Scout Trooper helmets. Just a few of the other fun ones that I like. There was a really detailed Gremlin Scout Trooper helmet. There was a Doctor Who Cyberman and then... Uh, A Sauron helmet.
1: Yeah, that one was really cool looking.
0: It was awesome. All the great detail between all of these was amazing. Probably my favorite was the gremlin. Uh, The way they did it was so good. The ears were huge.
1: They also could have easily turned that into Yoda, I think.
0: Yeah, they could (laughs) have actually.
1: There was also a booth next door to the helmet displays. It was called iCosplay and so we went over to go see what it was about. It's actually an anti-bullying campaign aimed at making people in the community feel welcome to cosplay, which is good because I feel like that's something that's needed. There's a lot of times where people will say, oh, you can't cosplay that person because, I don't know, your skin's not the right tone or you're too large or you're a guy, you know, or whatever. But it's like, honestly, if you're going to do it, why not? And it welcomes all skill levels. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of like, hey, it's fun. So why not join in and have some fun?
0: Maybe it's more of a prominent thing in the UK versus here in America because they didn't have this booth here last year and there's a lot more people who cosplayed whether it was bad or good.
1: Well, there's also been TV shows and stuff about cosplay here in America, whereas they probably don't have that in the UK. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure people feel kind of on the more excluded side because they can't join the 501st. They can't join all of the big costuming clubs if you're not 100% movie accurate.
0: Yeah. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah. That's why this booth was there. It's trying to show people, hey, you can. You should. Just for fun.
1: Yeah. I think it's a good thing. So we'll put a link to that stuff too. The booth kind of fits in with all the stuff that we were talking about last year with the cosplay is not consent campaign yeah where they had the signs and stuff all over the venue so that way people could pay more attention and be respectful to cosplayers Mm -hmm. because that's kind of a big thing in the community they're not being respected just because they're wearing a costume or whatever doesn't mean that you can go and say things to them or be rude or take pictures or whatever
0: and they also had it in the booklets again as well so that when you're looking through trying to plan out your day there's still that like message to everybody I appreciate that they keep doing it
1: yeah i do too it's nice because you know it's something that's needed it shouldn't be something that's needed but it is so so like i said before i felt like this convention was a lot more fun than last year i don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just because we were more familiar with the process or because it was it just better laid out or whatever it was sure, it's a little
0: bit of everything better layout uh we were on vacation in the whole new country so like i'm sure that added a little bit of funness to it and that's then just true and we had the experience this year it just was a little bit easier to maneuver and know what we wanted to go see.
1: And I I was just happy to see that there was still so much Japanese stuff. Yeah. Because I was kind of afraid that there wasn't going to be, Mm -hmm. you know? So then it would have been like, oh, we went, but we don't know what to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. You know,
0: the one thing that we can kind of, I guess, go into a little bit, and I'm a little sad that we didn't get to, was that they had a whole entire VR booth set up.
1: Oh, yeah. That would have been really cool because we were just talking about the VR stuff from E3 in our last episode. Yep. But every time we tried to get into the line, it sold out with it. Well, they gave like, you know, tickets for the line. Yeah,
0: like lightning passes in a sense.
1: Yeah, but they were already given out within like three minutes of every day. Yeah, I think
0: so. we, we were like, all right, we'll just get there really early Sunday and go. And I think we were like third line to get into the venue once the doors opened. And as soon as we walked over they're like, oh, yeah, we handed out everything and like... Two minutes and like 30 seconds or something like that. Yeah. They, they calculated it. It was right. bad.
1: It was crazy. Is this
0: like, if you weren't in the first line, you were going to get to go to the VR. Yeah. It was a little sad that we didn't go get to check that out, but...
1: I don't even know what they showed, but I would assume that they were showing the video game.
0: We didn't get to verify, but it's probably pretty accurate guess
1: yeah I mean I don't know what else it could have been but it would have been really cool to be able to play it since we just talked about it
0: right and we're looking at getting VR ourselves so it would have been kind of a cool knowledge to have because not necessarily saying we we were going to get it and enjoy it this would have given us at least a sampling that about does it for talking about the Japanese culture and Star Wars and being able to go to celebration again this year but there's plenty of more to talk about why we were out and about in London and Scotland.
1: Yes, there was a lot of restaurants and just stuff that we found that was really surprising because, like I said, I wasn't sure if we were going to find anything, Yeah, you know, but... I had We tried to do research before we got there, and it seemed like there was a decent amount of stuff. So, I mean, it was nice to be able to wander around and be like, oh, wow, it's mm-hmm. everywhere.
0: Like, we didn't necessarily 100% plan to go find specific Japanese things while we were there. The only place we planned to go see was the Japan Center in uh, Piccadilly Circus. I assumed it was going to be something like culturally intuitive where we're going to see different kind of like Japanese art and books and mangas and maybe some food there and just a lot more cultural based things, but it actually ended up being mainly just a grocery store that sold Japanese food.
1: Yeah, but they sold a lot more than just Japanese food. I mean, there was a section for books. There was a section for kitchen stuff. They also had like a restaurant.
0: I'm not saying they didn't have a whole lot of that there, but the majority of it was based on food. Um,
1: If you're familiar with the Mitsuwa stores from mm -hmm. California, or I think there's also one in New York maybe, um, it was like that.
0: I, I got a couple different little like coffee drinks. One was like cookies and cream, and I believe the other one was like a vanilla mocha type thing. It's Something you would get from a vending machine in Japan.
1: Right. Well, they don't really have much of anything out here in Ohio. Sometimes you can find some stuff, but it doesn't seem quite the same. But the Japan Center has actually been around since 1976.
0: They actually just celebrated their 40th anniversary in July.
1: That's a long time to have a restaurant or a food hall, I guess is what it, what it's technically called, over in London. London's a big place. I'm sure it's expensive. So to have something established for 40 years in the middle of a really busy area in Piccadilly yeah, Circus. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's quite an accomplishment, I would say.
0: You know, we were looking for some food, and we ended up finding this place called Shoryu, which was a ramen shop. And of course, that was the very first Japanese restaurant we had seen since we had been there, we, we were like, okay, we got to go eat here because it looks good and we're starving. So let's go get some ramen. You ended up noticing that it was rated. It rainy. was
1: Michelin recommended and, for three years in a row, actually. It's hard to get recommended by Michelin. Yeah,
0: and it wasn't like we were going there because it was recommended by Michelin. We were no. just like, you know, we're hungry and we're supposed to be trying out some different Japanese things. So let's go have some ramen.
1: And it was actually really, was really amazing. good. amazing.
0: So we were able to try some delicious ramen. Um, I even tried uh, like a chicken bun. You had gyoza.
1: I did. I think I always have gyoza.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you didn't get ramen though, right?
1: No, I didn't. I had, uh, what did I have? I had, Oh, I had uh, teriyaki skewers. Yeah, that's yeah, right.
0: Yeah, those are
1: really good too.
0: Yeah, the ramen was super delicious as well. One of the cool things that I got to try when we were there too is we talked about in an older episode, the frozen beer cap or foam cap that you can get on your beer They had that there for the uh, Asahi beer. No, it wasn't Asahi. Oh, sorry, not Asahi. It was uh, the Kirin. Yeah. It was really good, actually, and it it kept it nice and cool for whole time I was drinking it.
1: I tasted it. It just tasted like beer, you know. It was,
0: it was a, fo- it was beer foam frozen. But It, it was. was. It's, I'm it not was a really beer
1: cool. person, so I don't really, it wasn't a big thing to me. It was only cool because we had talked about it before. Yeah, you but, know, it was you just need to try. Yeah, no, it was cool to see. I it, just wish that, like, if Japan had, like, a cider, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and they made, like, frozen cider, then I yeah. would be, like, super excited.
0: The thing is, like, dude, if you, I don't know, you don't drink a whole lot of beer, but when you get it, it like warms, beer. it warms up decently fast. So this actually kept it pretty much cold the whole time i was having my meal yeah so i i got to basically have like an ice cold beer for a good 20 30 minutes
1: yeah and i I think about that aspect of it that's what i
0: assumed it was there for in the first place it sure isn't there for taste i assumed if you have an ice cap on top of your beer it's not going to let any of the coolness or the heat get into it it's going to probably keep it nice and chilled so i had a calpico yeah (laughs) you can't go wrong with calpico
1: no so, I looked into it and Shoryu has seven different locations in London. Oh, wow. So, they actually do really well for themselves. Mm-hmm. And they are associated with the um, Japan Center Food Hall, apparently. Are they? Yeah, I didn't realize that until I was looking in the pamphlet. Mm-hmm. But um, apparently, they do like cooking classes and um, they also do like tastings and stuff like that. Oh. So, it's pretty neat that they're together.
0: I guess it really worked out that we went there before we went to the Japan Center, though. Right? <laughs> yeah. It was really cool, too, outside of the Japan Center is they had these two little booths, like just little pop-up shop type things.
1: Yeah. That
0: were doing uh, takoyaki. One,
1: mm-hmm. One guy was doing takoyaki and then the other one, um, I don't know what the other one had.
0: Was it Taiyaki? And then I know they either one or both were doing like matcha like ice cream too.
1: We didn't get any of that stuff though.
0: No, we, we were already full from our ramen. Yeah,
1: we didn't realize <laughs> that that we were going into a giant grocery store. Yeah,
0: we had, like I said, we we, weren't, we didn't really know what we were getting into no, when we went there. Yeah.
1: I thought it was gonna be more of a community center kind of thing like mm-hmm. in San Francisco, but I'm glad yeah. we went.
0: We also got a little things from there. You had a really cool like cat bean bun.
1: Oh, yes, it was Doraemon. They also yeah. had some Totoro ones.
0: Did it taste good? Did it tastes like normal bean yeah. bungee. It. Yeah.
1: I loved it. I would have if I if I had more space, I probably would have bought in a couple.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, we all got some fun stuff from there, and I kind of briefly mentioned that we saw a, a restaurant previously to show to you, which was Wasabi. It's a bento box style takeout restaurant.
1: Yeah, but it's custom because yeah. each of the sushi pieces are individually wrapped. So you walk in, you grab a, a box, basically a little round bento box. And you go through the shop and you pick up your individual sushis and then you put them in the bento and you pay for it and you go and you eat your food later. So it's a really small shop, Mm -hmm. but it's really efficient and it's very cool.
0: They're really busy.
1: They yeah, we saw them all over the place. I looked into it and there's there's twenty different locations just in London. Yeah. So and they're not like full on restaurants because you take everything to go. Yep. So they're all really small little shops and you just go grab your food and go eat somewhere for lunch.
0: First time we saw it was down like a little back alley with a bunch of little elementary restaurants, and then I remember the second time we saw it was in one of the main train stations when we were heading to Glasgow.
1: I mean that just shows you how much it's taken off. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like they didn't even have stuff like that in California. It is probably mm-hmm. a good idea. Yeah, it wasabi really open up a shop over here because <laughs> you'll <not>? make money. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I would definitely go there all the time if I can just choose what I wanted in my box to go because sometimes you go to stores that make like the pre-made sushi boxes and whatever and there's just a good third if not two-thirds of it that you don't really want. Right. So.
1: Well, since you mentioned the train to Glasgow, let's talk about the shops that we found while we were in Glasgow.
0: So it wasn't so prevalent in Glasgow as much as it was in London with the Japanese culture because in London we saw tons I mean tons of Japanese food.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of different restaurants. There yeah. was one called Misato. There was one called Yo Sushi There was a bunch of different Yeah, stuff. they were all over the place.
0: Yeah, but what was kind of cool about Glasgow is they ha- they have a uh, Really giant like shopping strip. They're called like Buchanan Street I think it is mm-hmm. and we found a shop there called Tokyo Toys,
1: and it turns out that it had just opened like two months ago, mm-hmm. which we had no idea about until later. Yeah, but it was a fantastic store. They had it was really bright we walked over and we saw it because it was like bright red and we saw yeah. it on the bus and we were like what's that? You Plus there know? was
0: like a giant Totoro inside of it too. So Yeah and kinda... there was
1: like Kill the Kill stickers on the wall. and Yeah you know? that definitely
0: caught our eye.
1: Yeah we walked inside and they had like a little little area for you to sit and play games. They had yeah, like... Pokemon Connect 4 and then there was also um, like an anime guess who so there was different anime characters and you had to play guess who. They also had actual cosplay costumes that you could buy, Mm -hmm. and the cosplay swords that were, you know, foam and stuff like that, but it was still neat that they had them.
0: Tons of anime figures.
1: Yeah, they had a whole wall of manga.
0: And, like, fun little trinkets all over the place. Like, I got a wallet from there.
1: They had a ton of keychains. There was everything. I
0: really really wanted this, like, a Totoro sweatshirt. You put it on, you can, like, raise the hood up, and you have, like, his head and his ears and stuff like that. Like, I really wanted it, but... Not in my size.
1: Yeah, not available. We
0: almost, or I almost, I almost bought like the original badges for Pokemon. Yeah, they that would have been really cool. We're, we're going around Glasgow, definitely catching some Pokemon when we're there. But... We
1: were, because <laughs> Glasgow had free Wi-Fi yeah. throughout downtown. It was so. awesome,
0: so we were able to catch Pokemon there and whatnot. We
1: did. You know what? There's a ton of drowsies in the UK. Yes!
0: Unfortunately, we didn't get Mr. Mime, though.
1: We didn't. I didn't even know Mr. Mime was... was like, the
0: UK's... Yeah.
1: Otherwise, I would have been dropping lures, yeah, and right. we would have been trying. Either but,
0: way. So, yeah. we played a lot of Pokemon Go, but there's a lot of shops out there that had uh, Pokemon Go signs, like, hey... We have lures here, drop off, like, come get a coffee-free Wi-Fi and play Pokemon. If you catch a
1: Pokemon in our store, we'll give you 10% off, you know? Something
0: like that. Yeah, it's really kind of cool.
1: Well, in Tokyo Toys, if you spent 10 pounds, they would let you charge your phone. So that way you could play Pokemon Go. You could go
0: out and catch some more Pokemon, (laughs) Exactly. We ended up finding another, like, smaller version of this one shop we found in London. Yeah. called Forbidden Planet. That was well. a cool store too. So the one in London we'll talk about here in a minute was a lot bigger, but the one in Glasgow was really jam-packed in this small little shop full of just a ton of manga.
1: It was the the difference though was that. It's supposed to be like half and half, half American geeky stuff and half Japanese geeky stuff. Mm-hmm. But the one in Glasgow seemed to have a lot more of the anime type stuff. It did. It had so a lot. So it was really nice because there was a bunch of shelves full of manga. There was, um, I think there was also some DVDs. Yeah, They had bit. figures. And the coolest thing, we found the Pokemon Monopoly. Yeah, exactly. Pokemon Monopoly existed and we found it.
0: Yeah. and We didn't buy it though. We almost bought
1: it. Yeah. But we, we almost but, bought it. But we were like suitcase space. Yeah, yeah we
0: just can't do it we'll have to order it some other way but right yeah it was cool just being able to see the shop there and i have yet to find a manga shop out here especially we've walked around downtown before and haven't seen anything. Yeah, it's
1: really hard. There's regular comic shops, Yeah, but but... nothing that really specializes in manga and Japanese figures and that kind of stuff. You
0: know, and like not necessarily, I mean, it's a little off topic for Japanese culture, but we found a couple different like board game places too.
1: Yeah, tabletop games.
0: Like there's one in London called Orcs Nest that had just tons of games, Dungeon Dragons, whatnot. We even found a shop that hosted, like, Magic and played Pokemon there as well.
1: Right. That one was in Glasgow, Mm -hmm. and that was called Geek Retreat. Yeah. The cool thing about Geek Retreat, as Justin was saying, they had, like, card game tournaments and stuff like that. Yeah. They also had... There's a company called Bushiroad, and they make a lot of Japanese card games, Mm -hmm. like the original Pokemon game and Yu-Gi-Oh! and stuff like that. They make card games for almost every anime that's out there, basically. This shop actually had tournaments for, like, over a dozen different Bushiroad card games it was really cool yeah and when we went down in there because you had to go down a staircase like into a basement to yeah. get in there basically but um they had a ton of these card game packs everywhere so yeah it was really cool and they sold the... they were packed too when they we went were because they were having a tournament but they also sold the anime Funko Pop figures, mm-hmm. and they had like video games in the back, and they had a cafe.
0: Which, by the way, served probably the best latte I had when we were there.
1: Right? Not even lying. Like it
0: was so good.
1: Yeah, it was the best one that we had the entire vacation.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like we said, there's not a whole lot Japanese-wise because of those few stores there. Um, we did pass by uh, like an all-you-can-eat Japanese buffet restaurant, um, a little on the pricier side, so we didn't go in there, but. We did mention The Forbidden Planet, so we went back to London and we found that one. It was just gigantic.
1: The whole bottom floor, there was a basement that was huge. Yeah. That was a bookstore, basically.
0: The very first time we passed by it, we did like a brief run-through, but we couldn't stay because we were going to go see the Harry Potter play that night. So we are like, all right, we'll have to come back another day and check this place out. Right. Not knowing that there was a bottom level. Yeah. So we went back in the second time. We walk around, we saw all these figures... And just happened to notice that there were stairs and they're like oh i think there's a bathroom let's go down there so we walked down there and all of a sudden you walk into a whole entire bottom floor full of just anime manga comics
1: i bought a batman manga Mm -hmm. because why not it was one of the only ones that was there and i was like this is different Mm -hmm. because it's batman manga but it wasn't the bat manga it was different this is just like a standalone story i haven't read it yet but it's waiting It's on my shelf.
0: It's right there. There's so much like, we were going to get a couple different Dragon Ball mangas because I'm reading those, but I couldn't remember which one I was on. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I can't buy some because I might accidentally buy a duplicate that I don't need. But like just the options were insane.
1: And then they also had the Final Fantasy figures, the the Mm -hmm. ones from Play Arts Kai and the one from Final Fantasy 15 that's coming out of Noctis, the one that like you can't get anywhere yet. Yeah. It'll be out in stores in like December, I think, but they had it there. And they also had a figure of Cloud and a figure of Tifa. Yep. It's funny, I didn't even see Tifa until I was too busy like looking at the ones of Noctis and Cloud, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, these are so cool. And then I noticed in the background of my picture that Tifa was there, and I was like, Oops. wait
0: there's a tifa Wait. <laughs> so they had tons of pop figures there as well among just a bunch of little fun geeky yeah things.
1: accessories and yeah, games and exactly. stuff like that
0: they had pokemon monopoly there as well they did um they
1: also Ooh. had a
0: naruto board game yeah too. that's what i
1: was gonna say so that one was really interesting i didn't know that they made it me either but which you know we also didn't buy but it was still cool to see it because i had no idea that it existed yeah so, and to be found in this random shop,
0: which we just happen to stumble upon. Like I guess we still haven't found anything like that here, that I know of. Maybe in Chicago, like Cincinnati, I haven't seen anything. Then again, I haven't done a whole lot of like, deep research yeah. either. So that kind of covers like the geeky parts of hunt for Japanese culture in Japan,
1: which was very successful.
0: Very successful. We happened to have a chance to go to the British Museum.
1: Which I've always wanted to go to my entire life.
0: Yeah, unfortunately we were only able to spend, I think, like, what, two and a half hours there. Yeah. And, like, that museum you need easily, like, two days.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right? Oh my god, there is so much stuff.
0: Which, by the way, if you ever go to London, you have to go to the museums almost, like, all of them are free. Yeah, so you have to take so like, much to see.
1: Make sure that you have extra days to visit the museums. Yeah. Because otherwise, there's just not enough time.
0: So we happened to go there, and of course, we checked out a bunch of other things, but we ended up finding out before we left that there was a Japanese area. It was on like an upper floor, and the whole entire floor it was dedicated. was, like dedicated. the
1: tallest floor. It was. Like we had to go up so many staircases to I get up there. I want to like
0: five flights or something, yeah. but like the whole entire upper floor that was on was. All just Japanese culture And history. In history, it was just amazing. It like, really there was. was so much stuff.
1: They had a set of samurai armor in there. Mm-hmm. It was really nice. They had some katanas in there, along with the samurai set. There was a saddle, and um, there was also the the straps that you know you put your feet in the stirrups. Stirrups. Yeah, they had the stirrups that go on the saddle, mm-hmm. and they had all of this mother of pearl inlay on them. So mm-hmm. it was just like the amount of detail in them was gorgeous. You know, all of this craftsmanship.
0: They also had, like, it wasn't a miniature version, but it was, like, a small little tea house. They had tons of art.
1: One of the things that I thought was really cool, I don't know if you saw them, they had books that were basically mangas, like, from the 1700s and the 1800s and stuff like that. They were basically um, depicting kabuki plays and stuff like that, but in pictures. Yeah. So it was really neat because it was, like, wow, it, this is, like old manga basically because it's yeah. telling a story only in pictures there was no words it's really well cool. very few words yeah but, so I took a bunch of pictures of those because I thought <laughs> I thought it was really cool to see yeah there was a lot of pieces of artwork a lot of sculpted things it was
0: and old like scroll written type things as well
1: yeah there was a lot of scrolls
0: and like I said like if we could have spent like a whole day in that museum that floor itself probably was worth a couple hours you, you talk about the stirrups and the inlay and how you thought that was like really beautiful. One of my favorite things was that they had these two smaller like sculptures of Koma Inu. One had its mouth closed, one had its mouth open, you know, symbolizing the different types of protection. But what intrigued me the most is that the one with its mouth open, which is supposed to be the more vocal, defensive Koma Inu, it was blue colored, while the one with its mouth closed was red. And I guess maybe it's just the American culture talking to me, I would have thought the red would have been the more, not necessarily angry, but the more like dominant, like vocal protector. Because blue is kind of cold red being hot. You know what I mean? Um, one other kind of cool thing that they had on display was gold coins, like what they used to use for currency.
1: Yeah, that was really neat looking. Um,
0: like I got a, a couple of pictures of that, and it was like, some of them were larger, some were smaller. I had just...
1: no idea that they were that big. I know, right? Yeah, they were like, you know, the size of my phone, almost, in just like thin gold plates. Yeah. It was crazy. It I was thought they were a lot smaller really
0: than that. Really interesting. And like I said, I didn't really get to pay a whole lot of attention to it because, like I said, due to time constraints. But right. there was so much there. That I th- highly recommend Yeah, if you ever ever go, you really have to spend some time at the museums for sure.
1: One of the things that I thought we were going to see more of were Mm -hmm. the Japanese gardens. Yeah. Because I remember when I was trying to find, you know, Japanese stuff to to do in the UK, Japanese gardens was a big thing that kept popping up. Well, when we were wandering around, I didn't see any. Mm -hmm. We ended up stumbling upon one in Glasgow. Um, It was outside of one of the churches. It was just a little Zen garden, but if you're not paying attention to it, you don't even notice that it's there.
0: All right, so we went to this place because we were going to go check out what's known as the Necropolis. Mm
1: -hmm. St. Mungo's.
0: I walked right by it, and I was outside waiting for you to come outside. And the next thing you know, you pop up next to me. You go, hey, did you see that Zen garden? I was like, no. Like, what are you talking about? So she took me back and yeah it was small but it was really nice
1: right it's just there to promote peace and harmony and you know you look at it and you feel good <laughs> that's, yeah that's basically all it is but you know
0: it was nice that it was there right and in, in what you wouldn't think an area for a Zen garden would be
1: yeah well this particular Zen garden it actually worked out really well because of this but it turns out that it was the very first permanent Zen garden in the entire UK and it was built in 1993 it's called where we are it's very peaceful it was like the way that I read it big rocks like boulder kind of rocks are meant to be mountains and oh, then oh. like smaller pebble rocks are meant to be water that's why they're combed like that certain way and stuff like that I see yeah okay. so it shows, it's meant like, to flow look
0: around rocks and stuff like that yeah
1: exactly it's supposed to be a smaller depiction of an environment. So like I said, I wish that we would have found more gardens, or at least more traditional looking. Like actual
0: Japanese gardens. Yeah.
1: Not traditional looking, because a Zen garden is kind of as traditional as you can can get. get, Yeah. But more like, you know, a big park type of garden. Yeah. Like they did when we were in Japan. Yeah. That's what I was more looking for when we were looking for these gardens. You know what I mean? So I was kind of disappointed that we didn't find them. But it's really nice to see that there was just so much Japanese culture alive and Kicking. flourishing <laughs> yeah, in the uk so you know good job to you guys yeah way to go. <laughs> yeah, keep it strong right
0: just keep bringing over delicious foods and uh maybe some more cultural oriented things and uh we'll definitely have to go back and see if we can find them this next time we actually forgot to talk about something from, from Star Wars. We did? Um, we missed the Konami booth. Like, we saw oh, it, but we, we forgot did. to discuss it. And we were going there expecting the Konami booth to be a lot bigger and have a lot more to it.
1: I thought they were going to have some games. Something, you know? right?
0: Because of being being Konami. Right. But it was really small. It was. Like it, was.
1: it was just one little table. Yeah. And we walked over. We weren't even sure that we were in the right place, to be honest, because we were like, what? What is it? It was just a bunch of like cards. On yeah. the, so we were like, what? Are what's they like business on? cards or something? Like, what's happening? Well, it turns out that they were cards, but they were cards for their
0: online card game.
1: Yeah, their mobile app.
0: It basically, I don't know, like we haven't had the chance to play it yet.
1: No, we never did download it.
0: Um, it got kind of bad reviews.
1: It did. It got horrible <laughs> reviews when we were looking into it.
0: It's a weird version of a card game. Like, I don't know if you guys ever played Battlefront. But you know how there's like the the mobile app game you get for it where you send your soldiers to kind of like battle the ring, like you defend the X-Wings and, well, with X-Wings and soldiers. It's kind of like that, but with cards from what I read. So like you build your little squadron of like six or seven or however many cards and you go up against stormtroopers and and they each have their own stats and like different ratings and stuff like that. So it seems like it could be fun but it does the reviews just haven't been stellar.
1: And then the guy that was explaining it didn't really seem too confident either.
0: No he didn't like want to take the time to actually break it down and explain it to us. Yeah. He kind of like briefly gave us something and then like pointed to the screen. So
1: and on the table there was printed physical copies of each of the virtual cards you know yeah. so we took one of those we have a whole deck now but i don't know what we're gonna do with them <laughs> but like we were trying to figure out like oh well how does it work you know how long has it been out and blah 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 blah. Yeah. And he was just like eh, it's figure, just a game you know just
0: check it out download it and you'll see I'll probably end up trying to download it now. Maybe I can discuss it in the next episode. Random side thought now that we've discussed the Konami that we forgot. It brought up something else in my mind that kind of mixes with the Japanese culture. Is just how busy the sidewalks are, the roadways, and in the London? trains. Yeah. So there's many versions of, like, the subways there. There's the underground, the overground, the DLR, all that kind of, like, well, well, just train-wise, like, you know, back in Japan, they have, like, the JR lines, and then they have their subways and the Shinkansen, so it was, like, very similar in that sense, but, like, I don't know if you've ever seen a video of, like, conductors in Japan, like, just trying to shove as many people in the can, and, like, they even, like, help push them in there until the door closes, like, it was like that. It was! I was so surprised. It was crazy. It
1: was, like, London seems like it's too small for itself. Yes! And that's kind of how I imagine... Tokyo would have been Mm -hmm. until we were there and Tokyo was not like that at all.
0: It was only like that if you went during rush hour. Yeah. But like London, From the hour of, like, 3 p.m. to, like, 7, the trains were just packed.
1: It was ridiculous. And then the
0: buses were packed until, like, 10.
1: Yeah, it made us, honestly, it made us not want to take the public transportation Mm -hmm. because we just didn't want to deal with it. And it wouldn't
0: have been much better to rent a car either. Basically, it seemed like if you have a motorcycle, that's the fastest way you're going to get to go anywhere. Yeah. And that's only if you decided to drive, like, a, a crazy person. Motorcycle drivers, scooter drivers, whatever, were, like, weaving in and out of, like, the cars. It was crazy. It's worse than people, like, riding the center lane freeways in California. California yeah like way crazier than that right and they got away with it like you never saw anybody get pulled over
1: and again, that's the kind of, like, busyness and foot traffic and yeah. whatever that I was expecting in Japan.
0: And it just wasn't like that, really. Yeah, it, it, I guess probably in so. more so in Japan, it was more organized
1: in the craziness,
0: so it didn't seem so crowded. But like... Yeah,
1: I think they accompanied for it mm-hmm. a lot more in Japan because they are, they're used to it. So they're like, oh, we're going to have all this, so let's change yeah. how our system works whereas London seems like it's been operating on the same system forever something and so they need to update to accommodate all the people well it's crazy cuz
0: you'd have the trains all going to like the same destination and they'd have a train like every 3 minutes it didn't matter yeah. every single they train were was all always full. packed we were lucky enough that we never got separated except for like one of our very final trains on yeah. like our second to last day there. We finally got separated because we just all couldn't squeeze in the on door, train.
1: The door closed right in front of me, yeah, so I could not like, get on.
0: It was all oh man. Okay, but luckily at that point we kind of knew where we were going, so it worked out. Um, I think that about covers it in terms of what I saw in Japan. In Japan? Sorry. <laughs> in London.
1: I think we've mentioned all the things that we wanted to mention. I think we did a pretty good job of finding a bunch of different things to talk about.
0: Yeah, hunting it down and whatnot. Yeah,
1: like we probably could have eaten at some more restaurants, but we still got some. The
0: vacation wasn't to go hunt down Japanese restaurants by any means. It was to go enjoy London and Scotland together, and we just happened to see those things as we were there.
1: Uh, One thing I was hoping to find out more info... Was um, the Japanese Harry Potter house or the the School oh, of Wizardry yeah. that's in the new Harry Potter you know universe? Yeah, but the way, there was actually no info on it at all. And we did mm. a bunch of Harry Potter stuff. We, we went to the backstage tour, stuff. and we saw the play. And we, there was like a bunch of shops that we went into, and mm. none of them had anything about this new school. So unfortunately, we couldn't find anything about that.
0: No way to connect that part of our trip, but yeah. we tried. Um, that about does it for now. So if you guys have any stories for us from when you go to the UK about some fun places that maybe we didn't mention that you saw, please send us a message on either Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or you can even comment on our YouTube page at Super Cast on any of those sites.
1: You can also subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes and SoundCloud. And, oh, and Google Play Music. I forgot about that one.
0: Um, you can send us some emails at SuperZagoyCast at gmail.com.
1: Check out our shirts and other stuff at notlg.spreadshirt.com.
0: Make sure to check out our host site, Night of Living Geeks, notlg.com. They keep adding tons, and I mean tons of podcasts. I think we have a new one coming out now.
1: We do. I think there's over 12 podcasts now on our our little network.
0: And there's also some blogs as well. So if you guys would prefer to read some stuff about shows or whatever you might find in a topic, look it up because we got blogs and VODs and pods. We got all the odds.
1: We yes. (laughs) Also, thank you to Alex Barosa for our music. We'll put his link down so you can check out some more of his stuff.
0: All right, you guys. Bye. bye. (laughs) The Living Boot.